Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. True Hauntings is a Frightfully Good production. Once the home of Lumber Baron John Mowat in the late 1800s, the Lumber Baron Inn now serves as an elegant bed and breakfast and event location in the historic Potter Highlands neighbourhood of Denver, Colorado in the United States. Not only does it cater to guests needing a bed for the night, but it is also said to accommodate some lingering spirits who seem to want to call this place their home. If you wake up in the middle of the night, will you encounter the ghosts of the Mowat family? Or are the ghosts who haunt the inn more to do with a dreadful murder mystery that occurred more recently? If you have watched 28 Days Haunted on Netflix, you will recognise this building as one of the three that are featured in that program. So, what are we going to find as we dig through the available literature and information online? Having seen the Netflix show, we are keen to find out for ourselves. Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne, and we invite you to join us on this week's episode of the True Hauntings podcast as we head inside the most haunted building in Denver, Colorado. Renata, I sense a dark energy in the house as I look at the picture of it on my laptop. It must be a demon. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Hello, Anne. Hello. I wish I'd read through that before. (laughs) Before. I didn't realise you had a little bit of a quirky bit at the end there. Mm, Well, if people watch the Netflix program, they'll understand why. Yes. (laughs) Did I do it it okay? Yeah, kind of. I think you overacted, but never mind. Renata, I sense a dark energy in the house (laughs) as I look at the picture on on my laptop. It, It must be a demon. That's, that that's worse. Oh, no, that's worse. Right. They weren't that bad. Well, but I, am, anyway. I am known for my no. overacting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a big, big week. Oh, jeez. Oh. If I could say the F-bomb several times, I would. <laughs> we survived Halloween. Yay. Just, just. We, by the time we got to Monday night, we were a little frantic. People are saying to us, you're looking tired. <laughs> yes, we know. We know. <laughs> The coffee's keeping us alive. Oh. <laughs> yes, 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 we, yes. We don't. I sort of. That was the first time on the Friday night because we did the all nighter from eleven p.m. till six a.m. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I suddenly thought oh, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> mm. You've been saying it to me for ages. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm too old for this. Um, but I think we were tired running into that because we're preparing to go to New Zealand. So we're, we're trying to do all this stuff and mm-hmm. um, we're, we're learning new skills, which is draining our brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for the people who are teaching us and putting up with us. Mm. Um, 
And yeah, so we were, we were a little bit, um, how's your father going into the mm. Friday night? And mm. uh, then we tried to recover on the Saturday. I could do nothing but sit on the couch and drool on Saturday. Mm. That was all I could do. <laughs> yes, and then we had uh, a, um, an Ameri- interview. Yeah, with, American interview. Yeah, American yeah, interview. Yeah, on um, Sunday. It was morning for us or yes, afternoon. Yes, and then we had our um, radio Sunday show. radio show. Yep. And then we cracked on um, on Monday to do a special event on Halloween night. And look, frankly, I was really surprised that it... Um, it sold out so quickly. It we had did. beautiful people come in and really, really enjoy the night. It was a fabulous evening. It was awesome. Uh, and some people got dressed up as well. Yep. And I want to give a shout out to Lisa. I think Lisa looked fabulous. Lisa, Lisa did not look like Lisa. No, she Lisa did not. Lisa looked like something out of an Edwardian novel. No, well, she actually looked at someone out of Beetlejuice. <laughs> um, and oh, well, something. I was looking on my phone for something there and I've completely forgotten what I'm looking for. Brain is still a little bit mushy. Uh, but the, also Ivy. Good on you, Ivy. Oh, she nearly got blood poisoning from yep. all of that green. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's was, what our volunteers go they, to. They will they do go to absolutely everything for you guys. <laughs> uh, but we have something very exciting, very exciting that has happened between last week's uh, episode of True Hauntings and this week's episode of True Hauntings. Mm-hmm. And that is we have released a brand new podcast, everyone. It is time to go searching on what Whatever it is you're listening to this on for Diary of a Ghost Hunter. Bam, bam. Bam, bam. And what do we do in that, Renata? Oh, in Diary of a Ghost Hunter, we go behind the scenes and we tell you what we think of everything. Yeah. And look, <laughs> we, we let you know what it's really like to be an investigator and yes. the some of the issues we face and the traumas and the fun times. And uh, we go into a little bit more depth and we look at some of the movies and <coughs> sorry, talk about them. And um, I, I've actually uh, videoed it as well and I, I uploaded it onto YouTube. So you can either listen as a podcast mm-hmm. or you can watch on YouTube. And they're shorter episodes, only go for about 20 to 30 minutes. Um, but you can see our faces if you want to. Otherwise, mm. you can just leave that off and just listen. Yes. But we'd love it if you could go over and have a listen. And if you're enjoying it, subscribe and share it around. We've had some good feedback so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, some yeah. people say it's like listening in um, while having a coffee with us. Yeah, it's like we're all sitting around a table yes. having a cup of coffee. And yeah. uh, they feel like they're part of the conversation with us, which yeah. is really lovely. It's awesome, yeah. It's, really it's not it. as much research as what this one takes. This one no. really kills us. <laughs> no, no, no. But I love it. I love digging down and finding out. If it, even though last week's episode, I wanted to throttle Pete the poltergeist because we couldn't get an answer. Yes. But uh, this week, hmm. Yeah. Shall we get into it? Yes, let's. Let's, right. let's, let's. Walter Keller was barely a legal drinking age on April Fool's Day 1991 when the newlywed sunk his heart and all his money into a dilapidated North Denver mansion, where neighbours saw a fright house with boarded-up windows, drooping eaves, cracked paint, rotted wood and overgrown weeds. Keller envisaged a romantic bed and breakfast filled with turn-of-the-century antiques. Before opening the Lumber Baron Inn, the former teacher knew nothing about the neighbourhood law that dubbed his Victorian home haunted. He knew there had been two murders there, but that was all. Not long after they'd moved in, Walter watched from his porch as a group of pre-teens planted themselves on the sidewalk and eyeballed him and his 10,000 square foot house. All of a sudden, one of them ran up to the side of the house, tapped on the wall, then they all ran down the block screaming. He shook his head, bemused. Walter had purchased this fixer-upper property for $80,000 in 1991 and then invested a dozen times more than that renovating and restoring the house to its original charm. He tried to do as many jobs as he could, which led to many a late night. One of these nights in 1993, Walter was cutting shower tiles when he had an eerie encounter. He was crouched just between the honeymoon suite and the valentine suite 
where crushed velvet adorned a king-sized Indonesian wedding bed. The house was quiet, but something bothered him. He couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was, but he felt as if someone stood close to him, watching what he was doing and studying him. Walter bravely looked over his shoulder, but no one was there. The presence vanished in a frozen gust, and the hairs rose on his neck. Walter Keller believes it's no coincidence that the encounter happened just outside the Valentine Suite. 33 years ago, the room was the scene of a gruesome double homicide. Well, your story is longer than what I got. (laughs) (laughs) So people will be pleased that Anne's section, for once, will be longer than mine. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, look, the more I dug into this, the more I found a lot of advertising for the Lumber Baron Inn as a bed and breakfast. Oh. And very little about uh, the original owner. Oh, sorry, am I keeping you awake there, Renata? Uh, <laughs> Do you want me to go make you a cup of coffee before we go on? <laughs> We've been yawning something shocking. Like even you were running the empath work class <laughs> workshop last night and you put up a post of someone yawning and said, I dare you not to. And of course, everybody then started swearing yeah. and cursing at oh, you. Oh, dear. Sorry about that. Yeah, but I, I did. I found very little about... Um, John Mowat and his family, uh, and it really all seemed to go into this whole story about the the murder that yes, happened. Yes, it's all about yeah, the murders. It's all about the murders. Which are still unsolved. Mm, allegedly. Allegedly. Mm. Oh, so you I'll can't s- count EVP sessions as proof, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just tell you what I have found. I'll tell everyone what I found. And we'll go from there. Oh, hang on. We've got another yawn. <laughs> maybe you should stop and make do, do a it, coffee. Oh, I'll, I'll go make you another coffee. <laughs> hang in there, guys. I'll be back shortly. See, it was like no time at all, wasn't it? Just like <laughs> barely gone. So what have, what did I bring you, Renata? Oh, you bought me coffee and um, two Reese peanut butter cups. <laughs> <laughs> Life will be much better now. Oh, thank you. Everything's thank you. better with Reese peanut butter cups. <laughs> uh, we'd love them to sponsor us. Yes, please. <laughs> Except I think we might put on, <laughs> if they pay us in chocolate, we're, we're screwed. <laughs> we could give it a go. I mean, you know, we, we can give it a trial run. We can get one of those fans only pages and just eat chocolate and people could pay us. We could make a fortune, Renata. Oh, do you think it's a goer? Maybe, I think the maybe foot we one's should probably a better shot. <laughs> Getting some butter and just having butter on our feet and rubbing our feet together in the camera. Getting millions of dollars while we just rub various foods between our toes. Oh, God. Hang on. How did we get onto that? I started to yawn. That's yeah, how that we started. Squirreled. All right. Let me start all over again. So the mansion was built in 1890 by John Mowat. And he was a Scottish immigrant. And he had made a fortune in the lumber business. So timber, lumber, depending on, you know. Lumber with an E. Yes. Not an yes, A. Yes. So between 1889 and 1892, the Mowat Lumber Company built over 200 bridges in Denver. And this was really a major shift from making the town uh, turn into a city. And it had previously been literally just a little mining camp. Yeah, they were going places. They were going they places. They were building so, bridges and getting over them. Yeah, they were. They were building their own bridges and getting yeah, over them. that's right. They were. And they were cutting down uh, a whole lot of different types of timbers too. So they were very, very clever mm-hmm. um, in their selection and uh, what they created from them. Now, the mansion was built along Cherry Creek and it overlooked the mining camp. And he would have probably seen the township develop around him because he chose the best of the best building sites for this grand, luxurious palace that he built for himself, his wife and his five children. Mm-hmm. And so should he. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, this this is mine. This is my, my bit of... 
Um, look at me, look at me. Yep. I can't do it with a Scottish accent. country, and so, yes, I'm building this fabulous mansion. Now, he put uh, a lot of different timbers into the mansion, which was 8,500 square feet. It was huge. Uh, and each room would showcase a different type of timber. So he had oak, cherry, sycamore, maple, and more. It oh, would wow. have been... An absolute beautiful delight. It well, still is. Still is. Yes, uh, he had a great eye for de- eye, eye for detail, and every fireplace mantle included carvings and fine details. So he had craftsmen working mm-hmm. there to make it the best that he could. Now, wood in the dining room included numerous carved rosettes, which represented the varied species of all the woods that were used in the guest rooms. Uh, And each of those actually had a private bath and phone, which would have been quite quite monumental. Particularly in the 1800s when they didn't have phones. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know when phone... Look, this is when all the people are going to 1892, it might have been one of those ring up... I don't know. I don't know. know. This is when people can hate on me because I don't know my history of when the phone was invented. I can Google it now if you like. Now, the, the interesting thing is the next bit of information because this sounds very much like one I can't talk to you I'm googling about phones one of the other uh, houses that we have recently done oh. because it said the third floor oh, there you go 7th of March 1876 you're right there you go yeah, one of those, yeah one of those talking to the speaker thingy what's it oh, he looks like he's smoking a bong <laughs> <laughs> seriously he does <laughs> Not that I'd know what that looks like. Sorry, I've interrupted you yet again, Renata. <laughs> My laptop shut down. <laughs> My laptop shut down again. No! No! <laughs> Information. you got to do it from memory now. Stop it. Stop it. Stop the recording. Oh, this is going to be a great show, everyone. Hang on. So, Renata, do you often just spill your armpit to calm yourself down? <laughs> We were about to start, and then I, I said, I've got to put my phone on to um, vibrate, and I meant aeroplane mode. She lost it again. And then I've turned over, she's gone, wait, wait, and she's buried her face in her armpit to calm <laughs> down. This is, the fumes so, over, overwhelm you. So the, what I was going to say was the third floor uh, They had bathrooms the house, and telephones, yes. yes and in, on the third floor, the Moets utilise the whole space to have lavish parties. Now, Ooh. doesn't that sound like the Tiedemann house? Oh, yes, it does, actually. Yes. They had the, the third floor. Yes. That they yes. had secret doors. Uh-huh. Oh. So this uh, particular floor featured tw- a 20-foot pyramid ceiling and a shining maple floor. A pyramid ceiling? A pyramid ceiling. That's unusual. Mm-hmm. And it was the largest and grandest house in the neighbourhood, of course. Now, many historic buildings like this uh, cost a lot of money to keep going. And um, Moet actually lost his money, lost all of his money um, in the, uh, the collapse machines? of silver. Oh, silver, right, okay. Yeah. And uh, so he was really forced to leave it. Um, and it changed through many hands over the decades, and it really became just a run-down tenement building. Now, it was during this time that there was a uh, murder, that you talked about mm-hmm. and the murder of two young women. Um, and like I said, interestingly enough, between that period of when the um, Mowat family had it and the murder occurred, there is very little reference to anything within the house. So you yeah. might have something. but I, I read something that um, they had trouble finding someone to take on the house because mm-hmm. it was an expensive thing yeah, to upkeep. absolutely. So nobody really wanted to do deal with it. Mm-hmm. So they turned it into... Um, flats. Flats. Little, or units. Little, tenements. Yeah, tenements. So that you get a room yes. sort of thing. Yes. Um, and as you said, they all had their bathrooms. So mm-hmm. that made it easy for it to, to divide it up into individual units. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the girls was one of the tenants. Yes, yes. Now, there is a little bit of an issue with explaining who this girl is because in some stories it actually says that she's a runaway. Mm-hmm. But um, in other stories it says that she came from a very loving family. Yep. So I, I found the same thing. Yeah, so that that is a problem in itself because it starts up the whole uh, story about her incorrectly. But I'll go with what I have here. So in 1970, a 17-year-old runaway girl 
who was living in the building, was brutally raped and strangled to death. So I'm going to just put there slash probably someone who came into the city to finish college, and can she I, wasn't a runaway at all. Can I just read you this little thing that they've said about This is Cara Lee Noch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a free-spirited 17-year-old with flaxen hair and a bumpy nose like her dad's had abandoned her suburban upbringing to live in a $40 a, uh, a month studio. A yeah. bumpy nose like her dad's. Yes. Um, and so shortly afterwards, her 18-year-old friend had the unfortunate timing of stumbling upon the murder. The killer then shot the second girl. The murder, which remains unsolved, is allegedly blamed for the paranormal activity that takes place in the building today. So there doesn't seem to be any mention of um, anyone from the Mowat family or anyone else. Um, it is associated with this particular murder. Mm-hmm. Now, um, did you read how they actually left her body? Um, under the bed? There was the, the killer had positioned her body on Nock's bed with arms crossed over her chest, vampire style. Right. And the other one, um, the witness came in, they spotted an arm sticking out from under the bed mm-hmm. and they found her, she'd been stripped. Oh, now look, guys, this is triggering stuff. So please just be aware that we're going to talk about very adult themes here. Um, she'd been stripped, strangled and packed away like an empty suitcase. Mm-hmm. Isn't that awful? Mm. Yes, yes. And so this left the house after it had been um, the scene of this horrible crime, um, just running, getting, you know, even more and more run down. Yeah, and the police never found a motive. They never found a weapon. They've just got no idea. Except that 28 days, I think, have solved it. Oh, they've it. solved it. They've solved oh, it. Oh, and there's... Uh, there, anyway, I'll tell you about that in mind. The, the paranormal team that's got a name. Not mm. that I could find what the name was, but... right. Okay, so um, just a couple of things here. Uh, sure. Is your laptop going to shut down again? Yes, no. John Mowat, uh, he lost his fortune in the silver crash in 1893, mm-hmm. which was only a couple of years after the house was completed. So he didn't live there very long oh. until he became like... Wouldn't that annoy you? Yep. You sunk so much into it and it was your dream palace and then he didn't get to live there yeah and he paid seven thousand dollars for a quarter <coughs> of the block that was a lot of money it's a lot of money for Absolutely. back then yes now scrolling 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 get your thumb on scrolling if you have watched 28 Days Haunted. We suggest that you do. Go ahead and watch it. Most everyone else has. Everyone's got an opinion. And make your opinion on what you think is correct or not. And kind of not getting into that, although we do have an opinion. (laughs) Uh, But I'm going to talk about the premise of the show. The premise of the show is that um, Ed and Lorraine Warren... uh, Came I'm sorry, I think I, I just get, need to get my theory. eyes from the back of my head. Sorry. Ed and Lorraine Warren came upon a, th- a, a hypothesis where they believe that it really took 28 days to fully uncover the secrets of a haunted location. So they wanted total immersion mm-hmm. for a 28-day cycle. Mm-hmm. Interesting that it's 28 days for a moon cycle. Yes, and it's uh, also 28 days for a woman's period. Yes, so interesting. Very supernatural. Mm. Um, but uh, they they said the time would be far from easy, but as the team stayed in one place, the veil between life and death would grow thinner. And it would be, like I said, a total, totally immersive thing. I do. agree with the immersive part of it because as paranormal investigators, we come into a location for a very brief period of time and we may experience nothing. We can't then go, I did declare this place is not haunted. You're all full of shite balls. Um, this, yeah, it's just that you were not there when whatever is present has shown itself mm-hmm. or they're full of shite balls. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, but hmm. 28 days is is a long period of time to really immerse yourself in an environment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's also a long time to be away from your family and from your job and for the, the locations to be shut down and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff too. I wonder, and we don't know this, I wonder whether the location still operated um, uh, while they were I don't think shut so. down. They couldn't have. Um, again, a month out of business is a long time. Yep. Um, would the I'm playing devil's advocate. Would the production team have paid them to stay? I think closed? they would have to mm. because you would have to replace the wage. People still have to pay rent. They still have to pay their bank loans. So yes, the, and this was my thing with this show. How were the the teams cast? How were they chosen? Um, I would be really interested to know what the criteria was. Did they have to be Christians? Did they have to have a belief in angels, devils, God, demons? Or um, were they allowed to sort of go with whatever their belief? Because we know the Warrens were very strong with Christianity. Mm. So would they have a team go in that was not Christian? Well, all of them exhibited some part of their experiment um, using religious items, religious items, or um, like talking uh, the provocation in, and in all that verses sort of stuff. and all yeah. of this, yeah. they did provoke um, the uh, the demons in the house, or they all felt that there was Sorry, a demonic. My eyes just rolled back into my Sorry. head again. <laughs> there was there was a, a demonic entity in all of the houses. Yes, and each of the teams seemed to have the same agenda, where they go in. Um, they sit quietly and get There's some information. Instant activity all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, how many times do people go to that house and nothing happens? But when a paranormal team walks in with a film crew, instant activity. Well, I guess they've got a medium with them or a psychic that is sensing things. So anyway, but they had a demonologist too. Remember? But yes, and so they they um, have a quiet period. Then there is something happens, and then they want to escalate and provoke. Then someone gets possessed or something <laughs> or other. Um, then that gets cleared, yep. and then it's the ending, and we find out all the reasoning behind it. Yes. Now, if we go back to the Lumber Baron house, mm-hmm. most of the action that is around the twenty eight day. Um, Netflix special is about the association of these two victims, these two girls. Yes, that were and we're, we were just looking at the one of the houses. There were three in this TV yes, there show. Were three, so we're looking at one. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and so the assumption then is made that whoever they are contacting or connecting with is the murderer. Or a victim. Yeah. Yep. So victim is trying to reach out and give them some information. It's not the maid who used about, to scrub the floors. No, no. It's either, Someone far more important. It's either the murderer or the victim. So the murderer becomes the demon. Of course. And the victim becomes the person who is trying to give them information about yep. the and whole who thing. is being stopped by the demon. Yes. Uh, and so that is where the, um, the Netflix program goes with the Lumber Baron house. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they give you a bit of a bombshell discovery. Yes. For the Lumber Baron house. Yes. Right. So it's a bombshell discovery. We're not going to tell can, you what it I is. Can I just, just look, no, uh, the, I don't know these people. Um, if, if I was put in the position that I was offered a paranormal TV show and look, I've, I've watched you do this in a pilot we were involved with, mm-hmm. that we were getting no activity and you got really frustrated and angry. Come on, we've got to make something happen. This is too important. We can't let this opportunity go to waste. Absolutely. Say, but it is what it is. Yep. Um, this is the reality of what we do. Uh, I got shitty. You because, did. Because the pressure... The pressure to perform is there, and particularly when you've left family behind, you're not you're not earning income for the day. Um, well, I mean, when yep. we were doing that, we weren't being paid. That's right. So we we couldn't earn our normal wages for mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. Um, for a couple of days, it was, and uh, you you've got pressure to perform because you want to get the contract to get the next show. That's right, and all the 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 travelling circuits where you can speak at conferences mm-hmm. and things like that because that's how you're going to make your money, like the Warrens did. And the punters are going to say you're a crappy paranormal investigator because you didn't find yeah. anything. And they're giving them a really hard time. Mm-hmm. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, and look, as I said, we don't know these people. They may have been investigating from a place of truth for them. Uh, they're doing it in the way that they know how. We don't know if there wasn't production crew outside because they're locked inside their locations. Um, they're hearing noises and bangs. Someone's someone's videoing them. Yeah. Someone is recording them. They're supposed to be videoing each other. Mm. Uh, so anyway, um, the thing is, if it's quiet and there's nothing happening, it's up to production to make sure that they get some sort of excitement, some sort of storyline. So are they possibly going and creating phenomena to uh, try and up the excitement because otherwise it's going to be dead boring, 28 days in a house with nothing happening. Mm. Mm. But as I said, the investigators might be coming from a place of truth, mm-hmm. but is the production company doing stuff? Mm-hmm. You don't know. In and I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying we don't know. Mm-hmm. In the end... The whole thing is about spending 28 days in a haunted house, um, immersing yourself, seeing if anything happens and um, trying to get to the bottom of what may be haunting the house. God, they'd hate us going in, wouldn't they? (laughs) It's grandma. She's sitting on the bed and she's saying, stop picking your nose because you're going to get a sore up there. (laughs) So with the Lumber Baron house, um, uh, people already, I think, know what could possibly be haunting mm-hmm. there. So they've been front-loaded. I guess the investigators are going, well, allegedly they didn't know where they were going. Mm. Right, they didn't know where they were going because the, the scene well, is they, they remove their masks right before the house yep. that they're going to go into. They automatically make a um, perceived... Uh, description about what they think is going on. So they all stand there and go, oh, it looks spooky. I I can can feel feel there's there's a negative energy inside. I can feel it. (laughs) Nearly every single one of them did it. It's like, oh, God. That's why I put that thing. I want want them to have one house. This would be really interesting. One house that is not haunted and two houses that are. Put teams into every single one of them and see what happens. Mm. That would be fascinating. Mm. So we go back. Sorry. So, so digressed. 
<laughs> but look, it, we're excited to talk about this. We've had a lot of people ask us about this yes, as well. So yeah. We're, yeah. we're sort of covering it all in one hit. Yeah. So from my end, what I have is a family home that was lovingly and cherishingly built by um, John Mowat for his family. He went through a terrible financial disaster was forced to leave. There were many people that took over the house, tried to make something of it. It really didn't work um, because of lack of money and funds. Yep. Then you had recessions, you had wars, you had all of that through all of that, so it didn't work anyway. Became a tenement house where they had many different people occupying it. Mm-hmm. Um, further families took it on, but in between time there was a double murder the police went in there, scoured the place yes. and couldn't find anything. But the paranormal team found the secret secret tunnel and things hidden in the wall that the police obviously never saw. <laughs> oh, sorry. I've got my cranky pants on. So I'm I'm kind of going to leave it there because that's Can all I just I've say got. the secret friggin' tunnel was very obviously sitting there? <laughs> It must have been a cellar. That's what it was. It was, it was a, a root a, cellar. It was a cold, a cold storage cellar. Yep. But anyway, you probably have to, where they stored the. You're dead all going to watch this now, aren't you? Please <sighs> do. Please do. Are you done? I'm done. I'm done. Oh. I just I couldn't find anything else. All right. Well, anything that's probably interesting? Why they've picked this particular location because there's not a lot of information on it. But look, the the locals do believe that it is Kara and Marianne spirits that are roaming the halls seeking justice. Uh, a lot of the things that I found in here all talk about that. Um, now, it's it's f- about 50 years ago. So I'm wondering whether family is still alive mm. and what they think about, you know, Well, these... I've got a question for you. Now, you're, you're, you talk to the dead. Mm-hmm. You're one of those weird people. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever encountered uh, an entity that has died, um, murdered, or like that, unresolved? I have. Yeah. I have been asked by family members to look into that. And what did you discover or encounter with your experience looking at them? I encountered a, and I'm being totally honest yep. here. I'm being shown a bit of a replay of what may have happened. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say what may have happened. I mean... You can't I'm, prove it. I can't prove it. I'm sensing what they are trying to show me was possibly the setup around what occurred. I vaguely remember this. This is one of our sales partners, wasn't it? We had some in the sales part yeah, too. Anyway, yeah. keep going. Yeah, and and that's that's about all. I've I haven't really had anything where they have directly spoken to me. Um, we've had some interactions through um, seance sessions and glass dowsing, um, but yeah. But have you ever encountered those entities being volatile, angry, wanting justice? Uh, let me tell you a story. Oh, um, yes, please. Uh, I, we I'll, need to fill time. Yeah, Go on. <laughs> I went to um, a lady's house a couple of years ago and she was saying that she was having some weird experiences mm-hmm. in the home and uh, she had her mate with her and um, she was saying that it was all to do with the bathroom, the bathroom, shower, um, door would open and close and things <coughs> would bang and um, carry on and... She, you know, she was. She didn't really offer any information, and there on the mantle um, sat a photograph of uh, another young girl. And I pointed to that oh, without, this, yeah, yeah, without being prompted or anything. I said, "Who is that? Who is that?" And she said, "Oh, that's my friend. She um, passed away in a, um, or she was murdered. She was murdered." And uh, I said, "Well, that's who's doing this." And she went, "Oh, oh my God." And, oh, I've got goosebumps. And I went, yeah, that, that's who I feel is doing it. She's trying to send you a message. And she said, uh, oh, my God, we're, we're supposed to go to court for her uh, oh. and, um, and stand up and talk about the relationship that she was in mm-hmm. and um, that th- it was a very volatile relationship and that um, there could be a possibility <clears throat> that, you know, we know who the 
murderer is mm-hmm. because they have that person in custody. Right. right? So they're, they're, witn- they're being witnesses. Mm-hmm. And we're really scared. We're really scared we don't want to do it. We don't want the family retribution or anything coming yes. to us. And um, and I kind of said, look, she's she's here to tell you to please do it in her name. Please do not back out, but go, because she wants all of this to be uncovered. She wants everyone to know who did this to her. That's the closest I have come. But this this woman who had passed over wasn't angry, yeah. and she wasn't really angry to them either. She was just wanting to... The truth to come out. ...reach out in some way so that they would notice her. Yeah. But they couldn't connect with her. See, I wonder in these cases if this anger and this retribution is from the living people left behind who are um, angry at the situation for these poor people, that uh, what's happened to them. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know whether it's the spirits or whether it's the living humans mm. that are uh, investing this energy into the location. Mm. Um, yeah, the self-righteousness, those people who will stand up and fight for everyone else, even though that's not their, um, not happening to them, mm-hmm. they'll they'll stand up and wave the flag and the banner for everyone. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mm. I just want, it's just a... And I, look, I don't know whether it would be appropriate to also, in, in this case, go, or well, why would... Oh. This opens up a can of worms. Why would the murderer stay there? Why would the murder's energy be there? Because people are going to put the human emotions on top of it and say he's guilty or he's attached to this place because it's where it happened and he can't leave. Um, There'll there'll all be these ideas of why he's there, Mm. but nobody really would know why he is there or if he is there. Mm. But it it makes it fit the narrative of what... Anyway, we have gone way off track. (laughs) Ah. Wow! All so, right. See, this is how this is how we talk all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is more. This should be more on Diary of a Ghost Hunter, I think. <laughs> anyway, we do talk about it a little bit on episode two about yeah. this one. Um, so, <clears throat> sorry. What they have heard is uh, voices, phantom footsteps. They've had paranormal investigators come in. Uh, now, there was some of the staff said and former residents and visitors have actually seen a young female apparition in the Valentine, Valen, Valentine, Valentine room mm-hmm. uh, and also in the hallway on the stairs. So there's all these general things that people have reported. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I, I found some more specific ones. Oh, it's, they've heard strange noises, unexpected cold spots and chills. Uh, they felt uncomfortable. None of this is really like... Wow, that's yeah. It doesn't demonic sound presence. intelligent, does it? It sounds no. all residual. Yeah. Uh, then they, there's um, the central stairs seem to be a, a an active spot, and in this particular article that I am reading from, which was from hauntedhouses.com, mm-hmm. um, they were saying that they they came up onto the central stairs to their room. They felt slightly dizzy and tingly. The sign I get when spirits are present and watching. Mm-hmm. So that's such a minor personal thing to say that there are spirits there. Uh, now, there has been also, and nobody else seems to mention the just the normal old ghosts, it's all demonic, um, an apparition of a black female maid dressed in a uniform from an earlier era seen going about her chores. Okay. We don't hear about She's her not at demonic. All. No. Uh, there's also thought to be family members of the Moat or the Fowler family. So I'm not sure who the Fowler family were. Mm-hmm. They must have been ones who came after that. Uh, they seem to think it's either a male servant of standing or possibly a teacher because there seems to have been a business school there at some stage or other mm-hmm. uh, and that he's still teaching. Uh, this fellow has made himself visible for people to see, but sometimes he may just leave the presence of his cigar smoke or pipe smoke behind so that you are aware that he is there mm-hmm. but can't see him. Mm-hmm. There is also an older authorita- authoritative male apparition um, that they think it might be a former owner of the property and maybe a former administrator of the business school. Uh, now, I had a thought on this. So we've got this male servant and then we've got the older one. 
is it possibly the same entity showing themselves at different stages of their life? Could be. Yeah, mm-hmm. isn't it? Int- I'm having interesting thoughts these mm-hmm. days. Must be all the coffee I'm drinking yeah, to try none, and stay awake. None of this is mentioned in the, um, in no, the, in it's the just, program. Just all about the murders. Yeah. Uh, now, they. Oh, now, hang on. Let me get over to this little bit. So the owners that were there um, now, which is Walter Keller, I'm not sure if he's still there, but this is when this information was gathered, um, let paranormal teams come in. Mm-hmm. One of them embraced it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had apparently loads of EVPs. So I got online to have a look at these awesome EVPs. Mm-hmm. Um I either need to change the batteries in my hearing aids or turn them <laughs> up because I still can't hear a thing. Okay. I will show you later. There okay. Was, there is nothing. They've got, they're, they're putting, you know, the worst thing you can do is put up the word they think they yes, hear. Yes, yes, yes. There's nothing there. There's not even a hint of that word. So I don't, I don't understand. Anyway. Oh, they also had uh, videos of orbs. Oh. <laughs> now you've got to bring your eyes out of the back oh. of your head. <laughs> Right. There can't be any orbs in the cellar, for goodness sake. It's a it's a dirt floor. Yeah. With um yeah. There'd be no no, no orbs. No orbs. <laughs> right. So several paranormal groups have made contact with two young murder victims. Oh, Jesus. We don't worry about anybody else. The nope. poor old ma- na- maids, maids go and, and, and the butlers. Excuse me, I'm up here. Hello. Can you- Hello? Hello. I'm still dusting. <laughs> Someone okay. give me a break. Um and through EVPs, have gotten a horrible tale of their murders. Oh. But not enough clues to catch the killer's name. Mm. Until. Ha, 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 ha. They came back again. And they captured the full name of the killer, said by multiple spirits. All the spirits who stayed there chimed in to set the record straight, wanting this creep to be brought to justice, knowing the name of this killer is a start, but finding the proof to convict is still something standing in the way of justice. Right. Now, we have to be very careful as paranormal investigators when we are getting things like this, because... Who knows? Is that one of the team members whispering in the background just as a joke? Or is it is it a spirit who's giving the name of somebody they didn't like at the time? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can't then go and put that name out there and go, this is the killer. Because mm-hmm. that could ruin a family's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this was all through um, Spirit Paranormal was the name of them. They uh, On their Facebook page on the o- October 20th, 2012, words are hard. Another unbelievable event at Lumber Baron Inn last night, folks. If I was not there to see this in person, I would not have believed it. For the second straight year, we received the same name of the killer from the unsolved 1970 double murder on the ITC device. The exact same name. Sorry, it's in capital, so I had to yell it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Said multiple times by several different spirit voices. It literally gives me chills. We also ran into several members of the cast of the team. TV show Ghost Detectives while we were coming in, so it seems we are not the only ones trying to help solve this 40 year old case. So, Ghost Detectives, I actually like Ghost Detectives mm-hmm. when it was on, it was a good show. Uh, so, that was from hauntedhouses.com. Uh, now, there is also the report of a Victorian woman, woman because, mm-hmm. you know, we cannot have a haunting without a Victorian woman in Victorian clothing. Absolutely. Uh, is there a white lady? Hang on. Uh, she is seen on the stairwell. Yeah. And some claim that also her shadow can be seen in the mirror above the fireplace in the front parlour. Mm-hmm. Uh, some have also claimed to see a tall woman in a blue dress from the 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she often leaves behind the smell of cigarette smoke. Um, the owner claimed a teenage ghost would greet him in the basement every day as well. Every day. Right. Now, if I had a ghost who was turning up every day to greet me, I'd, I'd be, be charging. I, I know. I'd be putting cameras out and capturing this. Yes. I'd be charging money. <laughs> now, there is an interesting one here where yep. um, they said his mother once heard the stairs make... Oh, sorry. This is the child. That's right. Uh, the, the stairs were making noise. She was up waiting for some guests to arrive late. Mm-hmm. And she was just sitting downstairs reading. And she heard somebody walking down the steps. And she's looked up. And actually saw the steps bending under the weight of someone as they walked down the steps. Mm. 
So that was... That's interesting. That's very yeah. interesting. There was another story as well of a bride. Oh, I do like bride stories. So the, the mother of the blight... Blight... <laughs> Now I need I need coffee. Uh, the mother of the bride planning uh, the wedding was at the Lumber Baron, was arranging floral centrepieces. Uh, and out of the corner of her eye, she saw a young woman in a blue flapper dress sitting on the window bench with a glass of champagne in her hand. Uh, so that must be the other one that they were talking about there. So yeah. that's a, a better, yep. better description. Mm-hmm. When she walked back to say hello, she felt a cool blast of air. That must be how ghosts fart. They mm. do cold, <laughs> cold air. Now she's rolling her eyes at me. Uh, and there was no one there. She literally, literally ran down the stairs screaming for them. Mm-hmm. Now, they also talk about uh, the young boy, the, the, the six-year-old boy. Because they, they, there was one of the things I read there where it said the father and the six-year-old boy, there it is, uh, six-year-old son, give a tour of the Lumber Baron, Baron Inn. So they, they're given the tour, talking about the ghost, the six-year-old. So this this young boy said, I think he's a boy, a teenager. He looks kind of grey. He has orange eyes and a yellow nose. Now, Johnny calls that spirit nicey, nice ghost. Every morning he says hello. When the boy gets older, he may learn from his dad that a police psychic also walked through the basement where Johnny's room is now and assisted. She felt a presence there. Right now, dad doesn't worry about it so much because he doesn't want to scare the son. So that Uh must have been the um, TV show. Uh Uh Uh-huh. That was an interesting one. Hmm. There was also a report. Now, this is all coming from the Denver Post. Um, Alana Jefferson, Invisible Rumours Never Complain. It was a great article. I really enjoyed it. There was also a book as well, but I couldn't manage to find the book. It's uh, not available anywhere at the moment. So, um, Now, this is someone called Dee Chandler, who calls herself a certified paranormal investigator. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, Renata? Um. She's done a course. She's done a weekend course. Yes, she's done a course. You, no disrespect for you, my darling. Um, we just get we do roll our eyes at that because to me, a certified paranormal investigator would be a parapsychologist who has done a degree in psychology and then picked up the extra year of the um, para bit, uh, and also who has some sort of understanding into science of physics and sound and uh, things like that. So there, there is no certified paranormal investigator course in the world. There's lots of interest little courses. What are you... But, I mean... But, but, but... There, there could be. We just don't know about it. But certified? Yeah, I know. I know. It's a, it's a, non, it's I'm, a I'm, pseudoscience. So yeah. nobody can um, make that into a you know, bachelor. I'm, I'm glazing the cake. I'm making yeah, it pretty. Anyway, she's from <laughs> this lovely lady Chandler is from the Mile High Paranormal Society. <laughs> oh, good on you. Are you That's a great of, name. Are you part of the Mile High Club, Renata? <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, I am. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I want to know. Well, most people think it's on a plane, but we went to Cripple Creek and that's a mile above um, sea level. Oh, so Lord. You go. <laughs> Can I get a T-shirt with that on? No. Sorry, kiddies, you can ask your mum and dad what that means. Um, All right, so she's come up with some very interesting sweeping statements. Um, Let's hear that. She's talking about how the body was um, placed. She said that when you pose somebody that way, she was laid out. It means I didn't mean to kill you. You just happened to witness this and I can't have a witness. That's a lot to... Let's unpack that. I don't think we've got time on this show to unpack all of that. No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. No. You've been watching too much Dexter. <laughs> but uh, they did running, start running uh, ghost hunts there at the Lumber Baron Inn, mm-hmm. and it was an absolute hit. Oh, there's the book, Ghost Hunt, A Guide to Ghost Photography and Field Investigations. Mm-hmm. <gasps> They had dozens of people there poking around the house attempting to capture spirits on film. They had overnight guests who were in the mood to be spooked. Um, But they all had a really good night. There was experiences in the banquet hall. She stood alone in the banquet hall when an invisible someone whispered in her ear. She was also with a group of people in the kitchen when the refrigerator suddenly shifted back and forth, back and forth. Hmm. Okay. Mm. 
Uh, they sensed a presence in one of the guest bathrooms. Somebody forgot to flush. <laughs> oh, and um, apparently she also snapped a photo and got a reflection in the mirror that hung eight foot off the floor. And she's also reporting about the woman who was a maid who died in the house. I don't know anything about anyone dying in the house Mm -hmm. apart from the two murders because that's all anyone wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a general that stands on the second story guarding the entrance. A general? A general. Gee, this is getting serious. I know, right? See, I found the good stuff. Uh, And a mischievous flapper girl. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She needs to get firma-fitting knickers. She's getting... (laughs) The poor flapper girl's getting a, a bad rap. <laughs> oh no, it's just all going to poop, isn't it? And then, um, yes, the the little first grader that sees somebody every day, which is the 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 ghost that talks all the time, and nobody's mm-hmm. thought to film it. Anyway, um, that sort of wraps up all of the stuff that I found. So. We've got to remember that the Lumber Baron Inn is now a bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have guaranteed bookings now. Every paranormal <laughs> investigator in the world is going to head there. So, you know, either they want to tell these stories because they want people to come and explore that from the paranormal point of view, or they're not going to tell those stories because they feel that no one is going to come and book. Yeah. Now, um, we the- actually had that, that conversation today with one of the places we're staying at in New Zealand, mm. the Lady Bowen Guest House, mm-hmm. and that's up near Auckland. Mm-hmm. And she has said, look, I've finally decided just to come out and mm-hmm. say the place is haunted because mm-hmm. I, I can't hide it anymore. So she's embraced it and she's going to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Could go either way. Could go either way, but we're going. Yes. We'll let you know how it goes. Um, So the uh, Walter and Julie Keller have restored this building (coughs) and have been there since 1991. I'm not quite sure whether they're still there or not. Um, But that's that's kind of that point of now, you know, once once that is out of the bag and they've said that the place is haunted, um, you can't kind of stuff that back in Can't stuff it back in. So um, let's hope that it actually does them well. Yeah. And that they they make... it's still a beautiful home. They make money back. They have taken this beautiful home that was left dilapidated and has had this horrible history of two beautiful young souls murdered Yep. In there. And that, that is fact. That, that happened. Is fact. It is yep. unsolved. Um, and they have put their love and their generosity into this place and they are now inviting the public to come in and stay and enjoy this this beautiful building. Let's hope they make they make money. Yeah. Let's hope they make money. And uh, Do it, I think it's haunted? I was gonna ask you about twenty eight days, but no yeah. Yeah, do I think it's haunted? Possibly. 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 Um, I mean, it has the right foundations or layerings yeah. of different stories yeah. and yeah. history and people being there. Yeah. Um, is it necessarily haunted by those souls that were, you know, focusing or being focused on on tw- in twenty eight days? And was it demonic? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't I'm, get a sense of that. I'll pass on the demon, but uh, Renata and all well, actually Joanne pointed it out. Uh, when you watch 28 Days, mm-hmm. watch the last five to six minutes where they're wrapping up the, uh, was it the, the hardware store or the mm-hmm. the, the store? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you'll get an idea that they're, they're definitely winging for a season two, mm-hmm. but the last couple of seconds yep. tells, I th- you, I think, it tells yep. you everything you tells need you, to know yep. what's going on. Yep. It does. And it does. Um, I got quite angry. Yep. <laughs> I got quite angry. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this week's contentious episode of True Hauntings. I'm sorry we wandered off the path, but I hope you enjoyed it. Let us know if you did. Uh, and please check out our new podcast, Diary of a Ghost Hunter. And you can also watch those episodes on uh, YouTube, which is Anne and Renata, Frightfully Good ghost grannies I know we have to put it there because that's what they know us as Renata Um, but we prefer the naughty aunties so thank you for joining us please share it please leave us a review if you could we'd love the 
biggest stars you could give us and share it with your friends. We would love to build our community, bring more people to the dark side. And people, please be frightfully good. And stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.